Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wild, myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. Another great couple of days for Bristol City. Six points from two games, the away win at Blackburn Rovers, followed by the dramatic late winner from Famara Giju against QPR. We'll discuss both games, of course. Uh, first of all, we'll talk about Blackburn and then we'll come on to QPR. Also on this edition of Robins on the Wild, you can hear from Jens Hegeler. He sat down and grabbed a coffee with Gregor. A very interesting chat and we'll bring you that just a little later on. Also on this podcast, we're going to be hearing from Eros Pisano. We'll hear from Lee Johnson and Nicholas Elias on that fine, fine finish against QPR. Right, Gregor, let's go back to Blackburn Rovers at the weekend then. Uh, let's start with that game. We're going chronological order. That was another solid performance. They just got the result again. And what were your thoughts after the game? Who was your sort of standout performer from that? Because it was an unchanged starting lineup, and you can't argue with that when the team's winning, can you? No, I don't think Bristol City actually played that well, but they were, you have to remember, they were up against a very good opposition. Um, Blackburn had a few chances, but reviewing the post-match stats, I think Rovers only had two shots on target in the end. Uh, Bradley Dack was, well, we all know he's, he's a quality player in this division, yeah. um, and so there's no surprise there. But yeah, in the main, Bristol City coped with all of their threats. Obviously, Adam Armstrong had just been crowned um, Player of the Month. Um, and Tony Mowbray had just picked up the manager of the yeah, match Yeah, there was some, 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 I guess, controversy about that because, you know, I, I said on Twitter, you know, I, I think he should have won it, but it was more the fact, I guess, that Bristol City played three league games and, and Blackburn had played four and won all of them, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, basically. So uh, it, was, it was that simple. But the curse of manager of the month, it struck again, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It was in full effect. Obviously, I asked Lee about that after the game and, yeah, he, he joked that he'd been, never been so pleased to not be manager of the month. <laughs> So, um, yeah, great win. Again, it's been built on the defensive improvement. Asking, asked Dean Holden this week in the press conference about where that improvement has come from and he was explaining how he does attacking set pieces. Jamie McAllister does um, defensive set pieces. And funnily enough, Lee Johnson has been doing some of the defensive coaching recently, apparently. Really? Yeah, wow. but, he's doing a good job. Yeah, but um, as I understand it, all three of them... Um, sort of pitching with the defensive side. And yeah, it's all coming off nicely. And yeah, five clean sheets in six games is phenomenal. And I actually think in the longer term, I think they might overtake Millsborough as having the best defence in the division. Mm. Well, uh, come on to the game uh, against QPR shortly. But Eros Pisano spoke to Gregor after the Blackburn game, after scoring the winner. And on the defence, Eros, uh, another clean sheet today. Uh, five, I think, in the last six. Uh, what's the big difference from last year to this year? Uh, it's, it's phenomenal defensive. Yeah, I think uh, the confidence and uh, the new player, yeah. they are a good player. And uh, um, so when um, maybe the gaffer changed the level, it's uh, still the same deliver. And uh, I think uh, that's 
they say they did a really good hard job and uh, that's it and uh, it's good competition with you and Bailey yeah, and, it's, and uh, Jack, three, three yeah, good yeah, yeah. right backs there. Yeah, so. and that's, that's good because uh, he's, uh, the level of the team is high and uh, the competition is high, but uh, it's, uh, it's a good competition. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one. Gregor, how do you keep a player like Aris Pisano happy? Because he's not playing every week, so he comes on and has an impact like that. Just have to give him a, a steady diet of football and, and <laughs> nurturing, I think, which is what the coaching staff do. Um, yeah, this is the great thing for City this season, isn't it? It's the strength and depth. They have got every, um, sort of two players for every position. And the one for me is Jada Silva was really outstanding. I, I, I didn't kind of answer your question properly before, but him for me, um, the last few weeks, he's been out, uh, yeah, just one of City's standout players. And Lloyd Kelly's got a heck of a job oh, to come back into this team. Yeah, he was the cover star of the programme on um, Tuesday evening. I was looking at it and thinking, wow, Lloyd hasn't been playing. And there's that video doing the rounds on Twitter of Jada Silva for Bristol City this season. I know it's only a couple of minutes long, but it really sums up what he's about, doesn't it? And one of three Chelsea loanees who are all having this massive impact on Bristol City. I just want to say to you, Michelle, remember last week we were talking about if they won at Blackburn Rovers, remember what I said? I thought they were nailed on to finish in the top seven. Yeah, but the top seven, my thing is about that, the top seven means nothing. The top six, let's start talking then. Yeah, I, I see where you're going with that, but it's just the buffer of points, isn't it, between like uh, Birmingham are on 46. Yeah, yeah, it, it, was, it was a massive, um, massive win, but... Um, let's come on now to talk about um, Tuesday evening against QPR. Gregor, I think we may disagree on if the Robins deserved the three points against QPR. I think they did. I think they turned it up in the last sort of 20, 25 minutes. They had more of the ball. It was a questionable penalty, wasn't it? What do you think? We do disagree, yes, because um, I, I see it, I think, a little bit differently from you, Michelle. I, I thought Bristol City really got away with it last night, if I'm completely honest. I agree with them. There was a chap on social media who was saying they played their get-out-of-jail-free card. And I that, that's the way I see it as well. I just thought Q, they, they weren't creating hardly anything at all. I thought QPR were really superb the way they came. Having watched, well, basically every Bristol City game this season, that's as good as a team as I've seen come to Ashton Gate and, and stop the home side creating anything. They, the Robins really couldn't get into any rhythm. It reminded me of when Middlesbrough came earlier in the season, got that 2-0 win. And yes, Middlesbrough were, were defensively really sound, locked it up at the back, but City was still getting f quite far forward. And yes, QPR... Uh, retreated it back in that uh, back a bit in that second half, but that's always going to happen. They're always going to have a spell where the home side are on are on top. That just happens in every championship game. It, it, no team completely dominates from start to finish. So yeah, I, I thought Bristol City just took so long to get going. I, I, for me, they didn't even create a, a really solid chance until that one that Jeju headed straight at Lumley from Eliasson's beautiful cross. Eliasson's goal was just amazing. And uh, it sort of came out of nothing, though, for me. And yes, they were good for the last 15, 20 minutes, but that's not enough. Um, so, yeah, I thought QPR were a little bit unfortunate. And I thought the Robins didn't really deserve the win. But, hey, who cares? You know, they got the win. And that's, that's how teams get promoted, you know, just winning constantly. And it's a good habit to get into. In terms of the penalty, yeah... 
It was questionable. At the time, I didn't think it was a penalty. I actually said to the QPR media staff, I thought, I think you've been a bit unlucky there. I can understand Steve McLaren absolutely kicking off at the end whistle. He was he was absolutely absolutely seething in the post-match presser about it. He, he was saying he tried to take the emotion out of it, but um, he was, yeah, he was angry. And yeah, Lee Johnson, to be fair to him, he was the same. He said, he said well... He, he showed some empathy and he, he said that he thought it was half a penalty. And, uh, and yeah, that maybe Bristol City had been lucky on that occasion. But do not make any mistake, the Robins are due a whole slice of luck and a whole lot more because, as has rightly been pointed out, they should have had a goal against Nottingham Forest when Vyman's goal was wrongly uh, chalked off. They should have, could have had a goal last night. Eros Pisano's header didn't look too much wrong with that. And there have been numerous occasions where they've not got penalties and things, so it's about time they had a bit of luck from the referee, a bit of love from the referee, so uh, I don't begrudge them that. Okay, so so as you've said there, Gregor, uh, probably not a penalty. You've said they should have had a couple before and and a goal incorrectly disallowed. Yeah, as I just said there, it it could easily have been a goal for Eros Pizzano. And yeah, they had a couple of other chances uh, possible decisions. I, I'm a big believer that handball is is a really sort of uh, misunderstood rule. Everybody thinks that if it hits the hand, it's handball, but it's got to be deliberate, and uh, then that isn't normally applied in the in the box. But, um, so yeah, they they just needed a bit of luck from the referee, and they got that tonight, which sort of got them out of dodge. And yeah, as I say, I, I think that's been coming because they've just suffered badly from referees. And it, what last night reminded me of was Lee Johnson saying how he's had several letters written to him from people at the Refereeing Association, mostly last year, um, with apologies being sent to the club for poor decisions not going their way. And yeah, it, it recently, according to, they have this central system, it's called the Moab system, online system. And it basically gives admin for referees and it gives feedback on matches. And Lee Johnson was explaining the other week that uh, the feedback from, I think it was the Forest game, but it might have been the Bolton game, had said that basically Bristol City had, had suffered another wrong decision. And um, there was another goal recently that should have been given. I can't remember which match it was offhand, um, whereby... Uh, Robbins could easily have got something and uh, and they didn't. And this is a, a recurring theme. So as I say, I just think they, they're well overdue overdue something. Um, Swansea, that was it, Swansea and Andreas Weiman. That header apparently was onside or I've seen it back a few times and level at the, at the least. So yeah, look, <laughs> good good for them that they, they got a good decision and they've made the most from it. So... To be at your best then and not win, that shows character, doesn't it? You're right. It really does show character. They definitely weren't at their best. But as we've said, it's, it's just vital to keep the winning run going, no matter how you do it. Um, and we've seen in the Championship plenty of times before other teams doing this and, and sort of yeah, eking out the, the victories, really, one way or another whether it's through dominating the match and creating loads of chances or just being clinical. And sometimes you you need that bit of luck. As I say, I thought QPR were unlucky. 
And they played actually in a similar way to down in London when I thought Bristol City um, got the win there, but maybe the result flattered them then as well. So I can understand Steve McLaren being upset, but that's 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 football, you know. And and now Bristol City are just on this incredible run, and the stats are just amazing. They're just stacking up, aren't they? Sort of nine wins. What is it? Nine wins on a row. Yeah, fifteen unbeaten now, and. Unbeaten in 2019, only two goals conceded in 2019. It's building up nicely to obviously the Wolves game at the weekend, which is kind of a free hit. I think, I think, um, because because City have got a full week to recover after that from the Norwich game, then they don't have to worry too much about who they play there. And then, yeah, huge game at Carrow Road, isn't it? And I mean, if City were to go there and win, then they'd, I think they'd only be what four points off Norwich. Uh, and yeah, we really have to start talking about automatic promotion in that in that circumstance. But maybe we're getting a little too far ahead of ourselves. So uh, let's let's see how we, they get on. But I I really do think with the run they're on, the the confidence and everything, I I can really see them finishing in the top six now. So um, yeah, and uh, long may it continue. Okay, Gregor, uh, thanks for your thoughts there. Now let's get the thoughts. Firstly, uh, you spoke to Nicholas Elias in the goal scorer. He said he's been working on that finish. Let's hear from him now. Well played tonight, mate. Great goals. Talk us through the amazing strike. Thank you. Uh, I think Patterson played, uh, switched to play, and I got uh, I got the ball on the right side uh, in a one, one v one situation. And uh, uh, I think the defender was far across it, and I took a touch inside and uh, and. Uh, and uh, find a space in the far corner, so it was a great feeling. I'd, I'd maybe say it was a classic Nicholas Eliasson goal by uh, maybe uh, it was a yeah one of your great curling. Yeah, I think I've been I've been working really hard uh, for a few weeks now, especially on that finishing after training and and during the week. So uh, uh, it was a great feeling to, to see the ball go through. Well, it was a slow start tonight from Bristol City. Why do you guys think it was? But, uh... Um, yeah, like like you said, I think we started quite a little bit slow and. Uh, in half time we said uh, that we should uh, uh, we had to move the ball quicker uh, turn and go up, drive like go at people and, uh, and try to create chances and, uh, and be more positive so uh, I think that like in the second half we had a lot of chances we, we could have scored earlier uh, but it's always nice to, to get a last minute winner so uh, I was uh, happy for Famara as well to, to score that last one yeah I was going to say great penalty as well wasn't he he was cool as a cucumber yeah I felt, yeah. I felt like uh, Please, for more, I score now. It was like the last minute, so uh, no, it was uh, very good for me. Nice one. Cheers, Nick. Thank you. OK, and let's uh, hear from Lee Johnson now after the game. Obviously, he was in a pretty good mood. Um, some thoughts from Lee Johnson after the QPR game. Like, I've had a look at it back, and I'm not sure it was a pen. I think there's half a chance it could be a pen, but I can see why he would feel it isn't. But in saying that, I thought we should have had two or three before that. If you look at the goal back... Um, it's a definite goal. Pisano's one. Um, there's nothing wrong. There's, nothing's happened. We just punched it straight in the bottom corner. So um, like he was fuming, Eros. So I think it was probably a build-up of that. Do you know what I mean? It was almost like, the, obviously, the crowd done well in one sense as well because they could see there was a couple of opportunities, there was a couple of handballs, you know what I mean, and around the edge of the box and um, that he didn't give. So... Yeah, I think it, we were both frustrated, actually, in terms of decisions that were made today. But uh, I'd rather celebrate the sort of the steal and the, do you know what I mean, how um, he held his nerve for Mara in what must have been, what well, it felt like about 10 minutes, but it must have been at least two and a half. 
be from the penalty to the time he, he put his foot through it and scored. So um, he kept his focus when they were trying to disrupt his focus and uh, credit to him. So, no, I was delighted with the second half. First half was poor. Not poor. Tactically, we were fine. Just individuals didn't get their game going or didn't have enough belief or attitude um, in that belief to go and commit and attack people. And we didn't have enough um, interplay in and around the edge of the box and, and in forward areas. So, uh, second half, we did. The first half so slow to get going. I thought tactically we were very good, but I think the lads were almost enjoying it too much, just recycling the ball. And uh, like we didn't show an attitude to turn, an attitude to drive, attitude to play forward. And um, I just needed, or I wanted, as many players. Once they scored, like it was nothing against Lloydie, but there's no point in having a six foot three left back on. Do you know what I mean? That's probably a centre-half, really. So we may as well sort of go for it and uh, put all the little sort of dynamic ones on, uh, even by pulling Pack off, you know, dropping Pato in and Pato's got an instinct to, to play forward because of the number 10. So um, I thought that worked quite well on the day and credit to the lads for implementing it. Did you have to say anything to Lloyd after the game at all? Um, he's fine, yeah. Listen, he'd be disappointed because no-one wants to get taken off at half-time, but we've won the game. Do you know what I mean? He's going to be a massive part of our future. I've talked about that potential that he's got. you know what I mean? He's an England player and uh, he's a fantastic player, fantastic lad. We'll just go through his clips like we normally do. You know what I mean? He, he plays two or three fantastic passes as well. So it wasn't necessarily based on him not performing. It was more of a team issue and we needed a particular attribute that the team didn't have at that moment and therefore I had to make the changes to try and go for it. Yeah, you, you can't help but feel a little bit for Lloyd Kelly. Never nice to get subbed at half-time but as Lee Johnson said, by all accounts he's a big future at the club. Just not quite going his his way at the moment and fair play to Jada Silva and coming on and having an impact. Right, Matt is away from the field. Lee Johnson meeting with parts of Section 82 about the impact they have. We know he's meticulous on 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 the uh, on everything really on everything on the field everything off the field. What did you make of him going to sit down with these guys? Yeah, no stone is unturned. Yeah, great little story. Obviously, Lee um, sort of admitted this didn't he in the recent digital fans forum that the club was running, and it's a yeah great little story of how he met yeah three or four of the guys organised through Matt Parsons the. Supporter liaison officer, you have to say, is, is a great guy and doing a great job for the club. And yeah, it, it, it's a really great illustration of the detail and, and sort of the meticulous nature that, uh, that he has as a manager. That he's picked out three or four guys, and yeah, I think what I've been told is that I think they all went to his office. And yeah, there might have been a few beers there, and just <laughs> they kicked back, and yeah, just um, discussed ideas. And yeah, the, uh, it was interesting to hear Lee sort of saying that. Um, the players want to know that they're going to get the response if they, for example, go to a, take a corner and they go yeah, raise their arms and say, come on, guy, come yeah. on, crowd, respond. And, and yeah, Section 82, uh, let's be honest, are phenomenal, aren't they? The, yeah. the, the noise they bring. I, I know um, a few yeah. people that, that, I would say, sit but stand in their Section 82 and they love it. They live and, live and breathe it because this is their club and the noise they make is phenomenal. It's about spreading that around Ashton Gate. And I know they talked even about songs and things like that, didn't they, to get the whole crowd involved. 
They did, and Lee, this is um, a recurring theme because remember a few months ago we were talking about bringing on Massey Taylor as a substitute and Lee specifically said he brought him on because there was a song for him and that, that kind of means that he's been accepted by the home fans and other players don't have that and it, it must mean so much to a player, mustn't it, when they, you hear I the mean, crowd singing your name. You can imagine, can't you? You can just imagine that feeling with the crowd wanting you on the pitch and, and willing you to do well. And it's so important to them this season. And their home form, Gregor, had turned around recently, hadn't it? Yeah, it's looking good. If, if they can keep that going, and I think they will do, then I, I strongly fancy them to finish in the top six. You're saying so top six now? I'm going top six. Um, you have done a fantastic interview with Jens Hegeler who recently left the club. Tell us a bit more about how this came about. Yeah, so Jens, this is a dream for me for a couple of reasons. Um, a lot of people know that I love my football statistics. Yeah. And so, yeah, obviously Jens with his background, his company called Impact, and they um, yeah do this analysis called Packing. And so I, I messaged the company and uh, set it up that way. And obviously when Jens left the club, then he was able to do that. Um, also, because I've lived in I lived in Germany for ten to fifteen years, so I have a, a real affinity for Germany. What? So yeah, ich spreche ein bisschen Deutsch. Also, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, it was I've great. I've known you for a while, and I didn't know that. Yeah, it was great. Great to speak to him for that as well. Um, and yeah, basically, it was a, a bit of a dream for me to speak to him. And yeah, we just met up for a coffee down at the harbour side. Great guy, really great guy. And really passionate about football. Um, great to hear that he's got this business sideline. And yeah, he was very honest about his time at Ashton Gate, as we're going to hear. Uh, obviously, had a couple of knee surgeries which affected his time here. But yeah, don't forget, he scored the very first goal of the Carabao Cup one last season. So here's uh, Jens Hegeler chatting to Gregor. Lee Johnson going around all the players. Yeah, I saw that, yeah, true. And, uh, and there's a bit of you obviously speaking to him. Yeah. I can't remember offhand what he said, but I think he kind of hinted that um, he thought you would make it like a good coach or something. Yeah. No, he was, well, that was, uh, once a game where he offered me to think it was a game against, friendly game, one of the Spanish teams we played there. Yeah. And, uh, well, he offered me, oh, you want to do the opponents? And then it was for this game. Oh, cool, so yeah. instead of our guys doing their job, um, you like have a look at the last two games and speak about the strengths and weaknesses and um, just to learn and to, to see what, what how much time it, it, it takes for analysts to come up with, with this like five minute opponent's report probably so I'm, I'm really grateful that he gave me the opportunity because it's quite interesting to do it and so did you do it? yeah I did it yeah, yeah. And, um, were, were you tempted to use some packing in there and say no I, I didn't use that that would have taken too long to, and it was just a friendly game it's, I mean it was more about like a little like present from him to me so and you're allowed to speak in front of the boys and tell them about the strengths and weaknesses of the opponent so just that I get used to that and speak in front of other people, I'm, I mean, it's, it's different if you if you play in front of an audience because you're used to it, or if you actually like present something. Um, and, uh, no, there was. Um, yeah, I'm glad that he offered me that, and I'm quite thankful. But that's one of his. Well, as we said, like he's quite open-minded, and I think there was some one of the things that he thought when he was a player. Oh, I would have liked to do that if one of the gaffers would have offered me that. So I'll offer that to my players as well. If, and it's it's just a friendly game. He didn't obviously. We never do it for a professional game, but just. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I always get that impression about Lee that um, he's, very, he's quite thoughtful as well yeah. and, uh, as you say, open-minded. Um, he, he was out in Germany recently himself, actually, I think, the other week. So, uh, I don't know, how good is his German, though? Does he speak any German? I, I, don't, I, I, I don't think he speaks any German at all. Uh, maybe a few, danke bitte, but uh, yeah. I'm not sure if that's... I bumped into him last week and he just got back from Germany and I said to him, I, how was, um, I think he was at Leipzig, RB Leipzig, and uh, I said, how was Germany, did you get a chance to sample the first while you were out there? But uh, he, he said he didn't have enough time for that. But, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, well, there are not many English gaffers uh, like working outside of England to be fair yeah yeah, um, true, maybe one day he'll be one of the few who's, yeah. who, who wants to do that do, do you rate him very highly because um, obviously he's doing a very good job at Bristol um, City at the moment and uh, obviously with the result on Saturday they're now in the top six yeah. so uh, it's a very ambitious club um, and obviously things were a little bit unlucky last season started very well and for whatever reason things fell away but what, what are your feelings on last season and, and on Lee Johnson as well is he well yeah obviously I think uh, well, the, he, he's, he's the main reason why Bristol City um, has developed that good in the last few years um, I think when he signed me Bristol City was uh, in the relegation battle and for the last two years they've been fighting for the playoffs to be fair um, as you said last year it was a bit unlucky but with the cup run as well at, at the end it was probably it was a few games too much uh, if you look at the whole season um, and uh, maybe the squad wasn't ready for so many games on such a high level because obviously it, yeah, it's, it takes quite a lot of energy if you play against Man City twice and Man United um, not only on a physical side but also on a mental side like if you I mean that's for most of the players, that was probably one well, of the, the biggest games of their career, playing Man United at home and then Man City twice. And, that's a good point. And um, that might exhaust you for the for the rest of the for, the, for, for other games that that come after that. So um, um, yeah, no, I think he's well, he's he's a main reason for that. He's 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 still he's still young. He's learning quite a lot. Um, I think he's 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 learned quite a lot. From even in these two years that I've been working with him, I think he like has improved different things. Um, I, I, I think a lot of fans forget that he's young. He's, got, he's, yeah. he's only 37, still, yeah. I think. Uh, which that's, I think that's the thing. Same with like with a young player. You, you're allowed to make mistakes. Yes, you're allowed yeah, to make absolutely, a, a absolutely. wrong, absolutely. whatever, a wrong yeah. substitution or whatever. Because, but but, he, but that's the thing. I've, I feel that that he's learning from it. Uh, I feel like he's not doing the, 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 the mistake again for a second time and or he's not doing a mistake again for a second time and um, yeah I think this is the problem I think a lot of football fans always expect everything now like yeah. today uh, the next game but yeah. a bit of patience goes a long way uh, um, I don't know so, yeah I think he's um, well, I don't know all the other ones in the championship but uh, I think uh, City is yeah, at the moment they're quite happy and lucky that they that they happen. So that was Jens Hegler, a great chat with Gregor, and more on that if you want to see it on the Bristol Live website. Gregor's written a, a great piece on there. Wolves this weekend then in the FA Cup, Sunday afternoon, one o'clock. Are you expecting a bit of big attendance for this one, Gregor? Uh, not too sure, because cups have been a bit up and down. 
Um, yeah, will the Sunday affect it? Not too sure. I don't think it'll be one of the biggest games of the season, but we'll see. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be tough against Wolves, though. Yeah, it's going to be really tough against Wolves. And you saw with that late equaliser against Newcastle what they're about. They never give up. They're seventh in the Premier League. And for them, you know, the FA Cup has to be a priority. They're safe in the Premier League. They could reach the quarterfinals. So they're going to field a strong team, aren't they? They are, yeah. And this is sort of the stage of the competition where it gets serious the interesting sideline is obviously the Nuno Santo French, uh, Nuno oh, Espirito Santo friendship yeah with uh, Lee Johnson they both did their uh, coaching badges together up in Scotland, remember? So they, those two guys know each other. I remember Lee explaining how he was crossing the ball for Nuno um, to, <laughs> to do various things when they were doing their badges. And, and also the fact that the game can't go to a replay obviously changed rules, isn't it? The yeah, fifth yes, round. So, yeah. There, yeah, there will be a result, which is probably good for everybody. And um, we'll see if City can do it. Do you think this is a priority now for Bristol City, given they're now going for the playoffs? Yes, I, I think it is. I think um, Lee was asked this the other day, wasn't he? And he, he said basically that he feels... Uh, well, actually, sorry, this was post-Blackburn. He, he, he explained that he feels the club can cope with both an FA Cup run and going for the top six. And I agree with him. I think you're probably only looking... Well, they could go and get knocked out on Sunday, but even if they go through... Two or three extra games, max. Yeah, exactly. Not, not too much. So, uh, yeah. And that's the difference, isn't it, between the League Cup? Is at a different stage of the season. They've got greater squad depth, so fans shouldn't really be worried... If they if they do progress in the competition, quarterfinals, Gregor. Come on, when was the last time they were there? 1974. Look at uh, that. The stats man, the G man with the stats. <laughs> we were discussing it the other day with BBC Radio Bristol. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, um, great chance, and um, let's see if they can take it. And yeah, I'm just going to add in at this point. I wanted to mention about Antoine Semenyo because mm. he I was, was next to him last week actually watching Newport v Middlesbrough. He stood next to me. Oh, really? So he did go over there? I was he wondering did. that. Yeah, he was, he was stood next to me with a friend. I didn't disturb him because they were enjoying the game. But um, yeah, he went over to watch the uh, giant killing. Yeah, and it must be difficult for him to watch that game and not be involved. Not and, mm, and, yeah. and really not being a big part of the Bristol City team yet either. No, he was obviously on the bench at Blackburn. And yeah, I expect him to play a, a bit of a role sort of between now and the end of the season. Obviously scored, obviously scored two goals in um, against Swindon Town in a behind-closed-doors game uh, last week. This week he hasn't been involved with the under-23s at Plymouth, so he should be involved uh, going forward, really. And, um, yeah, he's another exciting name to come from the yeah. academy, another gem. And, um, yeah, just wanted to mention, I wrote a piece about this at the weekend, that... Um, sort of on the back of Josh Lowe, who's an under-16 player for Wales, sorry, under-17 or under-18 player for Wales, and he's just gone to Dorchester Town. And the academy keeps producing these guys. And, uh, yeah, we heard last week from Dave Hockaday, and we were talking about Antoine Semenyo and Seku Jenna. And, um, yeah, it looks like there are more guys like this on the way, and just wanted to big up, really, the academy and the work that's going on there, especially the likes of... Brian Sinian, Gary Davenport, Gary Probert, and, uh, and numerous others, yeah. many, many other guys. And, uh, I know, yeah, it, hopefully we can do something a bit more in-depth at some point. We'll watch and, that space. And what they do as well is with these players, they send them out to play adult football. You know, it's, it's not juniors, it's not unders, that, that doesn't mean anything. They're out there getting the experience. Yeah, uh, absolutely, completely agree. So, uh, one to keep an eye out over the future, over the next few weeks and uh, the season ahead.
Right, Greg, we'll, uh, we will speak after the Wolves game on Sunday. Perhaps we'll do the next podcast in, in German. I mean, that was a revelation uh, today. Who knew? Uh, we'll be back next week reflecting on the Wolves game and looking ahead to Norwich uh, in the Championship. Thanks for listening. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Robins on the Wire.